Hey, and welcome to the Aloha Church Podcast. We believe that full life is found in Jesus. And after this message, if you have any questions, please engage with us over social media or connect with us on a Sunday morning. We so hope you enjoy this message. We're going to be in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd sep- just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. And the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you by the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king answered them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cuss. Thanks, lovely. Guys, family service today. Kids, do you need to scream one more time? Okay. Woo! So excited to have you kids in service with me. You know why also? Because I decided to talk about parties today. Does that sound fun? Because I love a good party. Do you think you love a party better than me? A good party better than me? Yeah, you're right. You're right, Maria. You don't love a good party better than I do. I love throwing parties. I've been throwing parties since mm, like 2003, back when I threw like one of the first young adult events back at the Rock Church off of Rough and Road. Jackie, you know which one I'm talking about? Analyzing Eve. It was awesome. It was like this out-of-the-box event, and I was like thoroughly hooked. Um, Then one of my jobs took me on the road with the band Blink-182, and at their first show in Boise, Idaho, I hadn't seen it yet, I was standing, it was like a crowd of 15,000 people, and it was their song, Miss You, which was like this anthem to their album at the time, and it was a love song, and as they sang the song, crystal chandeliers dropped from the ceiling, and little love letters fell over everybody, and I remember standing there like, oh my gosh, this is... This is so unexpected. I wouldn't have thought of this at a rock concert. And I remember just being like, I want to hold this moment forever, this joy, this unexpectedness, and this delight. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? It kind of felt like heaven, just pure delight. A few months later, we had all the rock youth leaders over at our house, and I was like, how can I bring that feeling of delight back? Just something, just a little something. I know they're just coming over for dinner, but I mean like, you know, how can we level up, right? So I remember thinking, I'm going to make a love letter chandelier. And it took me hours to write notes to all the leaders. And then I stuck them up in like this chandelier formation and I hung it over my dining room table and they got to take it on their way out. You're welcome. (laughs) But it literally became one of my favorite things to do was throw a party. I got to move this guitar. It's in my way. I feel like even in a sense, it's kind of overshadowing me. (laughs) 
and I don't like to be overshadowed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Drew, do you know where that little plastic like little thing is that like holds up my notes? Oh man, okay. Gonna have to make do with the flat table. Okay, do you know who else loves a party, guys? Who else loves a party? You guys do. Did I hear the name Jesus? Yes, you, yes. Jesus likes to party. I mean, his first miracle after all was turning water into wine at a wedding so they could continue to party, right? Um, he frequently attended parties and he was invited into the community to other people's parties. That says something about Jesus, right? If he's been invited into people's homes, yee! Okay, so but Jesus wasn't a killjoy, right? Not like some Christians we know. He was not a killjoy. Sinners actually loved being with Jesus. The poor, the vulnerable found hope in him, right? So Jesus called people of the day into this unusual hospitality. It was not what the religious leaders of the day um, were used to. They didn't really like it because he was telling the religious leaders like, hey, not it's not just the rich and the titled that get the seat of honor, right? No, 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 no. Jesus called the religious people to take no seats of honor. And not only that, to include everyone at their table. Can everybody say everyone? So even those who were the outcasts of the day, even those who were sinners, people who had diseases, he said to the religious people, even though your laws would say it defiles you to have them into your homes, this is what I'm calling you to do. Can you imagine how angry those people were? Jesus called people to do things differently. We're going to take a look at today. The title of the message is called The Gospel, Hospitality, and the Holidays. Let's pray. Lord, you're here. We invite the Holy Spirit to fall on us. It is the Holy Spirit that's the teacher, not any of us that are up here. Pray that you work in each and every heart as we bear closer to the holidays. Um, speak to us, give us clarity. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so we've been talking about the full gospel. This is one of my favorite series at Aloha Church. It's actually literally like one of my favorite pieces of content ever. It has changed my life since the concept of the full gospel has kind of settled into my bones. I frequently ask myself, Trish, is this man's gospel that you're living under, the fake gospel, or is this the real, true gospel? And I feel like that is how God has been helping me retrain my brain. It's helping me to think differently. Thinking differently is a key characteristic of being a Christian, right? Like we should literally be thinking differently than how the world thinks. People who don't have the truth of Jesus in their hearts. And we should also be helping the world see a different path, a different life, a different alternative to maybe how they're living their lives. One could argue that Jesus was so popular because he was doing things different than the typical church leaders of the day, yeah? Would you agree with that? Okay, he didn't come down to earth as the long-awaited Messiah in extravagant robes like I would have. <laughs> I've got my party jacket on today. He didn't come as an important political figure or a rich man. 
He didn't even come and hide away in the temple or to be with all of his temple friends. Nope. Jesus made people sit up and take notice about what he was doing. My sister and her late husband, Timmy, have a young man on their street. His name is Thomas. Several years ago, Timmy befriended him, and um, Thomas started coming around to our holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. So for a few years, we got used to having Thomas around. But the thing about Thomas is he wasn't a normal guest. Thomas had disabilities, both mental and physical. So he talked very loud like this. Hey, guys, happy Thanksgiving. And you're like right here in his face. And he talked a lot, frequently interrupting all of your conversations. And you're like, oh, hey, Thomas, there you are again. <laughs> so we had to cater our holidays around him, special food. We had to watch him around the kids in case he had an episode or anything else. Thomas was an incredibly inconvenient person to have around. So one Thanksgiving, we mentioned to Timmy, hey, maybe we don't have Thomas this Thanksgiving. Just give us all a break, you know? Let's have a break from Thomas. Timmy was not having that. He reminded us over a very polite group text, and if you know Timmy, polite was not his thing, so it wasn't polite. Um, he reminded us that Thomas was a foster kid living on his street in a foster home, and he literally had been abandoned by everybody that was supposed to love him, and Timmy said, I am not going to do that to him. I'm not going to do that. He's always going to be welcome in my home. And also, you guys, everybody in the world has their friends and their family over. How does that make us look different than the world? Everybody does that. So <laughs> when my brother-in-law died of stomach cancer two years ago, Thomas didn't come around as more. He lost his little buddy, right? He didn't have anybody to take him to Target or build his Star Wars toys that made a lot of noise during our Thanksgiving parties. Um, so my sister... And I would say she was still battling her own grief. She went out and she looked for Thomas. She went to his home. She's been bringing him care packages. She gives him birthday presents. She goes and she seeks him out in this posture of true hospitality to remind Thomas, you truly are loved and you truly do belong with us. And I remember that I was writing this because I believe it's true pure, godly hospitality. Timmy and my sister thought differently. Um, an article in Forbes magazine claimed, belonging is a fundamental part of being human. We need people. And this need is hardwired into our brains. A study at MIT found we crave interactions in the same region of our brains that where we crave food. And another study showed we experience social exclusion in the same region of our brain where we experience physical pain. I can attest to that. I have felt that physical pain of exclusion. So intentionally woven into the fabric of who we are as God's children, each of us possesses this urgency to be included. It's an ache to be known, a longing to be welcomed into a family. So the great news is that the full gospel not only meets our deepest needs, praise the Lord, but it transforms us into co-hosts who invite others to meet Jesus. So that's why Jesus came into the world, to bring people together, to party with them, 
Okay, but it is, I do have to state this for the record, because I don't want you to get the wrong opinion. His parties were parties with different intentions, not like the ones I throw. I want to impress people. I want to be like, wowie. I want to be invited to their parties so we can be important together, you know? Um, but that, that is not the goal of God's parties and his hospitality. It's not to leave us warm and fuzzy inside, right? It's to leave us looking more like Jesus. He didn't just have his friends over. He wasn't just simply entertaining. So let's look. In Luke 14, 13, what was Jesus doing? He said, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. There's nothing you get in return. You don't get the, the approval of people in return. You don't get, they don't repay you for the dinner or Venmo you $10 for the food. <laughs> Jesus invited those who couldn't repay him for the meal that they have received. Most of us would never even consider bringing strangers into our, our home, let alone sinners, criminals, society outcasts. We wouldn't even think about it. That's too dangerous. I need to protect my children. It's just not my responsibility. I don't have time after work. My house is a mess. My dog has social anxiety. I don't know any strangers. That's a funny one. <laughs> Literally everybody you walk by on the street. So most Christian people have never displayed Jesus' type of hospitality, which is why Jesus was often defending himself to the religious folks that wanted nothing to do with sinners and outcasts. He told them in Mark 2, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. We're called to care for and bring in those less fortunate and those on the outskirts, and the time is now. The world needs Jesus's, the world needs God's hospitality, and people are looking for something different. Especially over the holidays, right? We have like such an incredible opportunity to bring people into our homes that doesn't make sense to the world. If all the good you do in your home is for friends and family, seriously, how is it different? How is it different than any other person on your street? There's little spiritual benefit to that. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm going to continue to have fun parties. But with intentionality, we also then strive to include God's hospitality in our hospitality measures, right? There's just little spiritual benefit to entertaining, little spiritual, benef little spiritual benefit for us, little spiritual benefit for our children, little spiritual benefit to the world. Our family homes are not kingdoms we build merely for our comfort, and then we keep everybody out with tall fences, lots of doors, the ring, uh, lots of locks, the ring video camera. So we've been learning in the full gospel series. Ooh, I'm worked up, guys. Whew. This party jacket is hot. Okay. We've been learning in the full gospel series. Part of God's big plan to redeem the world started with what? A family. <laughs> Somebody said party. <laughs> His plan to redeem the world started with a family. Right? After the flood, God started a family through Abraham, and the whole entire Old Testament is a story about that family. 
And then Jesus comes to earth, riles everybody up, and he says it's no longer about just the Israelites, it's about everybody. Everybody. Jesus came to include people into the family. So he expands the family unit so all people can be part of his family. That is the full gospel. He expanded it so he could die for people to atone for their sins, send the Holy Spirit to sit in their hearts so he could be with them forever with the hope of this returning king who's going to judge us all righteous. What else? I mean, there's not much more that we could hope for. We're just... We're totally safe in God's family. This is how important family is to God. It's how important inclusion is to God. The world loves to label and segregate. But God likes to unify. Unity and inclusion was just not just a novel idea of Jesus. I would argue that it was one of the things that killed him. Because Satan, our enemy, hates the idea of strong family. He hates the idea of unity. He hates the idea of people thinking differently than the status quo of the world. So we have to fight that. We have to fight our own comfort levels, build tolerance for new levels of inconvenience, and we can wage that fight with hospitality. It's really so simple, really, it's easy. Open up your home, invite a neighbor, invite your barista or the person you got into a random conversation at the store. You're gonna get a lot of no's, but the yeses are gonna start to change you. They're gonna start to change your children. They're gonna start to change your family at large, like Timmy did with all of us. And they're gonna start to change the world. Kind of simple. Don't worry about cleaning. Don't worry about your food budget. Don't worry about it being scary to you. Don't worry about having anything to say. Don't worry about the danger of it. Let the Holy Spirit show off in you, right? Let the Holy Spirit show off. Do something different this holiday season. This is my challenge to you. The holiday season is ripe with people hoping, no, needing to be included. It's such an interesting time where people, their whole lives are on display. Did I get invited anywhere to Thanksgiving? Did I get invited anywhere to Christmas? Oh, nope, that's because I have a broken family. That's because I don't belong in my family. I'm the black sheep. I don't have anywhere to go. My friends didn't invite me to this party and I feel kind of bummed about that. Uh, I can't invite people to my house because I'm poor. And so now I'm poor and I'm sad about being poor. And so your whole life is on display. It's like The holidays, I think, can make people sad also because you take an inventory of who you are or at least who Satan is accusing you that you are, right? You can flip that script anytime you want. want. This is your life. You chose this life. So we have to do something different. Shake it up. Flip upside down on your bed and look at things differently. Told you before, that's how I like to do things. Okay, this is what I love. This is what we're here for. This point right here. And even further, that was my dramatic effect. 
And even further, hospitality is linked to our freedom, and I'm going to show you right here. It's linked to our ability to thrive. Get this. Isaiah 58, 7. I think I put it, put it down for you. I don't know if they got it. It says, share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, clothe them. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly, quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard behind you. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. All because you fed the poor and clothed those who were naked. So if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger and the judgment, do away with that. Doesn't matter why they're homeless. Doesn't matter why she's a single mom. Do away with that. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like the well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I'd say that's a pretty good argument for hospitality, God's hospitality, right? Because our freedom and our thriving and our ability to come before God and say, answer my prayer, is linked to hospitality, God said that in Isaiah at a time when the people had become shallow in their spirituality. Hello, anybody? Anybody relate to that? Yeah, so he said that because the Israelites were fasting, but it was kind of just like this religious ritual that they did. There was no action behind it. So God was drawing them out of their empty religious rituals, and he was saying instead of playing the part of a Christian, which we all learn how to do thanks to the world not our fault, just be curious about it. He was saying, instead of playing the part of Christians, actually go out and spend your energy on behalf of the hungry and meet the needs of the less fortunate. Hello, full stop. And then, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. I'm going to call up my friend Tori. We at Aloha want our faith to be backed by our actions. It's one of our values. As we let the full gospel just make its way into our souls, we have to ask, okay, this is really good stuff. This full gospel, it's real good stuff. So what do I do with it now? What do I do with it? And one of our answers is we share the full gospel, starting with having people in our homes, and we share it with them over ordinary meals, over ordinary dining rooms, Ordinary conversations, it's how God wrestles the hearts of people to him. Um, Tori is going to share about uh, a program that we started. We launched it last week. I'm very excited. It's called Strong Families. And she's going to um, give us a little, a, little, a little bit about it. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Tori, and I'm so honored to be here with you guys this morning. It's just such a great place to be on a Sunday, so thank you for having me. Um, I work for a nonprofit called Olive Crest, and the Strong Families program that Aloha is partnering with is a program set up to support moms in crisis and dads, but a lot of the times it's moms. And what that looks like is providing a resource for 
families who have no one else to call. If you're sitting here in this room, I would probably guess that you have at least a few people you could call if your family was going through a crisis. The women and the families that we serve have no one. And so what that looks like is we serve moms who have to go to the hospital, and if they take their kids, um, those kids will be put into foster care if there's no one else to take care of them while the mom attends to her medical needs. Sometimes that's a mom struggling with homelessness and she's trying to secure housing or find a job or flee um, a kind of a bad situation with maybe a partner. And so what we get to do is we get to step in and provide them hosting for their kids from zero to 90 nights. And so it's not foster care, it's not nothing like that, but what we get to do is do the biblical hospitality and open our homes to kids that just need a safe place to stay. And I can't even express to you guys enough how amazing it is for moms just to know that their kids are safe and that they have a breath to just handle what they need to handle and figure out what they need to figure out. We have seen moms find sobriety. We've seen moms Ew. secure housing. We have seen moms find jobs and honestly be welcomed into communities that they have never known. And we know grace because God has bestowed that upon us and we are grateful. And these women have never, never known that type of grace. And so I feel so blessed that um, I get to share this with the church, that this is a mission for us. Those are our family. That is our people. Those are God's children, which makes it our, our priority. And so I wanted to share a quick story um, about how God moves in beautiful ways. He is sovereign. And one thing we say a lot is that, you know, God loves his children more than we could ever imagine. And that's hard to fathom. And But we trust in that. We believe in that. And so we have a host family up in North County, um, and we call them like an extraordinaire because they're always saying yes to the point where like, hey, like, chill out for a second, you're doing a lot, but we love them. And they had their game plan. Every time that there was a hosting need, and they said yes, the dad would come home from work at the same time that mom was arriving back to the home with the child they were hosting. And dad would give a little spiel, and he would explain the situation and some house rules, and then he would end it every time with saying, you're welcome here. And so this one day, um, mom was kind of freaking out because she had said yes to a hosting for a child that was older than they had ever hosted for before. I think he was about 10 and her oldest son was seven. And her husband couldn't make it home, so he couldn't give the spiel. And she was like, kind of like unsure of what to do and she was standing outside the room where her son, the seven-year-old and the 10-year-old um, stranger, essentially, but the child that they were hosting was in their home, they were playing, hanging out. And she was like, I don't really know what to do. And she was like having this inner dialogue. And she hears her seven-year-old son look at the 10-year-old boy and say, just so you know, you're welcome here. Mm -hmm. And so later that night, dad came home from work and he starts in on his spiel at the dinner table. And the child that they were hosting looked at the dad and said, if you're going to end this with saying that I'm welcome here, just know that I already know that and I'm grateful. <laughs> and so there's so many beautiful stories that come out of this resource. Um, and I just want to say that Everyone can do something. Even if you can't open your home, you can provide transportation. You can provide a meal to the family that's hosting. We have seen God work miracles in not only the lives of the moms and the families that we host for and serve, but also of the host families that get to be a part of God's story. This is God's story for their lives. These women are open and welcome to help. And so I just want to invite you to think about what that could look like for your life, for your family's life. Um, and like I said, maybe that's not 
opening the door and having a child in your house every single night, but what that could look like is just being spiritual support, tangible support for a family that has said yes. So we're very grateful um, for a church like Aloha, for all of you that are looking to extend that biblical hospitality in a way that is very, very um, needed. So thank you. Thanks. Would ya? Thanks. Uh, Tori's going to be outside at the Strong Families table if you guys have any questions. Thanks, Tori. She came just fresh out of surgery, so she's healing that ankle. You guys could be praying for her, but she thought it was really important to be here today. Um, I'm not going to lie. We started the process of being a host home, and I was really, really, really excited until this week. And then as it got real about the amount of work it was going to take, I started feeling, oh, I don't know if I can do this. It's a lot of work. I don't know if I can put something else on the schedule. Um, and I like my nights. My friends will tell you, I keep making my parties earlier and earlier so everybody can be gone by 8.30. <laughs> um, I like to read and I like to watch Netflix and I like to have really warm showers and lay in bed for like two hours before I actually go to sleep. So... Um, I went up for prayer two weeks ago, and Allie was standing over there, and she prayed something over me, and she said, Trish, trust God to be the wind in your sail. Trust God to give you the wind in your sail. And so I just was speaking that over myself this week um, because we are all being called to more levels of I'm searching. We're all being called to more levels. I'll leave it at that. God is caring God, and he's not going to push us into anything that we don't want. He's, he's dignified. He treats us with dignity. He doesn't shame us if we don't feel like we can do anything. And please, if you take away anything from this, don't take away shame that you should be doing this. I pray it just brings you clarity about your life's purpose. I pray it just brings you some sort of new levels of aha, we like to do around here. Uh, Michael, you guys could come up, please. Um, so some of us need to pray about opening up our home. Go talk to Tori about it. Just in general, um, maybe you just need to start having your coworker over. Um, some of us are at the point where we could go even further, having strangers at our table, and for some of us, we could even sign up to be a host home. There was, I think, four or five of us that signed up last week when they came. Um, but Thanksgiving and the holidays is a perfect time to start living that hospitality that Jesus called us into. In reality, we are all outsiders. God called us to walk through this earth as foreigners. We're not supposed to be real comfortable and settled here, right? Because he's preparing a place for us. He's preparing a banquet for us, a final shelter, a final home. Praise God. So Jesus brought us into this holy family and his heavenly home at a great sacrifice and great cost to him to include us and to pay that price for us, a price we couldn't pay. We were outsiders. He called us to him. We're still foreigners on this earth until we reach our final destination, heaven. And because of what Jesus did, bringing us into his holy family through God's true 
hospitality, we will enjoy the unspeakable privileges of the king's hospitality forever. It's an act we can't nearly pay him back for. Not even hosting little kids in your home can pay him back for that. It is not about repayment. Guys with me? Are you kids with me? Thank you for giving me 20 minutes of your time. I'm going to allow you to leave in two minutes after I pray, okay? Let's pray together. Lord, there's no shame in the message you've brought us today. It just brings us, I believe, more clarity. It refines our energy and hones our focus as believers and our purpose. Help us to be encouraged. Help help us to be motivated today. You say you're preparing a place for us. You said, in my Father's house, there are many rooms, and I have set one apart for you. So as we open up our homes this holiday season and beyond, remind us that you are with us, the Holy Spirit with us. Remind us that we were once outsiders and there is a feast being prepared for us by you, a God who brought us into his forever family and will never be alone again. If you're feeling lonely, if you're dreading the holidays, If this message is like, I can't even, I can't even think about this. I've got so much going on. We invite you to pray with us up front. Come down for prayer. Test God. See what he does. Many times the prayer team has a word, special word for individuals. Um, And let us know if you need something. We've got Friendsgivings happening. You're invited to our Friendsgiving this Wednesday night if you need a place to hang out, meet some new people. Reach out. You've been listening to the Aloha Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about living free in Jesus, please reach out to us. We hope God spoke something wonderful and life-giving to you today. Until next time, lots of love and aloha. Aloha.